Hey, I'm Kayla. And I'm Mallory. And we believe that your vibe attracts your tribe. Whether it be at work, or at your friend's house, or down at your local pub, your hive is your home. On this podcast, we dive into the pieces that make up our hive and our tribe. Topics such as life as a stylist, business tactics, and the culture in a workplace. Even how to handle the shitstorm life throws at you sometimes. Come join us on this wild journey we are still trying to figure out. We hope you laugh along with us. Or or at at us. us. Here we go. All right, let's do the damn thing. (laughs) Okay. Hey, Kayla. Hi, Mallory. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good. We're on episode five. This is really cool. I think it's really cool that we're doing this. Yeah. And we're doing it in the hive again this time. Yeah, it's so nice. We have two mics. We're not like ear to ear. I know. And you guys can actually probably hear me because I know I talk a little quiet sometimes. <laughs> I'm always like, Mallory, stop whispering. Oh my God. And literally that's me like on a daily. Like I will, Ryan always yells at me for how I talk so quietly, especially when, when we're in the car. I have a tendency to look at him while I'm talking and then I start to turn and look out the window because I'll see something. So he only gets the first part of what I'm saying and then he's like, what? <laughs> now he just like doesn't even say anything anymore. And really? so sometimes I don't even know if he heard what I said. And he's probably just like, whatever, I can't hear this bitch because she's just talking too quiet. I get it from my dad, though. He mumbles a mm-hmm. lot. I totally get it from my dad. That's so funny. But with this two mic sitch, you guys can hear me loud and clear. What? 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 Or at least I hope so. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. If you can't still and I'm still too quiet, then that's totally like just my own fault. <laughs> it's funny. You'll like start talking and then you just kind of. I'm, and I don't even realize I'm doing it. It just happens. Oh, God. I need, I don't know how to even be more aware of it. I don't know. I don't know. Um, you have your honeymoon coming up. Yes. So we got married in July, and we put off our honeymoon until December um, the 3rd through the 10th. It's something like that. Yeah. 10 days in Mexico, going on a cruise. Hey. Um, we postponed it a little bit because my husband is a firefighter and his family farms and so um we kind of got married in the middle of farming season which was already stressful enough um so we thought that if we took the time so that he could finish up farming season work a bunch blah blah blah. um the only bad thing is is now a lot of times in december is when all the fires happen in california and he really likes to go it's called con flags is when they go and help and fight fires and stuff so he wasn't able to go to the campfire or any of those because it would go over the time we we, Mm because they can hold them for like 23 days or something like that and so um that would go over the time we leave in just a couple days so um yeah it's we're super excited i've never been on a cruise before and i have never been to mexico that'll be fun you're gonna get all tan Hopefully. No, I am going to burn. I am the whitest, <laughs> palest, red-headed, freckled person. Like, if I'm going to come back a lobster, this is the time Aww. it's going to happen. But I hope I'll come back at least somewhat tan. Get some color. And then maybe I can try to hold on to it or something. Yeah. For the rest of my life. Don't know how that's <laughs> the rest of your life. <laughs> I'm so pale. But that's yeah, exciting. we're looking at like a couple um, different excursions there's like a taco and tequila I just that word excursion sounds fun (laughs) yeah so tacos and tequila I think Mm. is the one we might do because then you can taste tequila and just get drunk you don't have to pay for anything extra because you're drinking tequila and eating tacos um you gotta drink all the tequila when you're in Mexico I know I don't I don't know how I feel about it but it'll be good um another one we're looking at is um, so we have UTVs mm-hmm. at our house and we have one and stuff. And so one of them is a UTV excursion. And I thought that would be fun because you get to go like in the jungle Ooh. and like that kind of stuff. And then there's another one that is more like, like city seeing. So uh-huh. it's like called like shops and something and it's all like open air markets and going on the streets and just like walking through Maslon. And so I thought that one would be really cool. Oh, fun. I'm excited. That's I'm nervous. Awesome. It'll be fun. I mean, I'm excited. Let, let me know how the cruise whole thing goes. Are you not a notion person? Oh my God, I'm not a cruise thing. And I feel so bad because Ryan really wants to go on a cruise sometimes. Like he really wants to do a Disney cruise, which like sounds fun and yeah. theory. But then I, and you're going to think I'm so weird, but the idea that this massive ship that is like the size of a city. Yeah. Like you, and that it is just floating along in the ocean and there's malls in it like it literally is just like a big island 
moving around on the I water. I know. So and you don't even feel like you're on. I think the fact that you don't feel like you're on a boat is what freaks me out. Yeah. Like if I'm on a boat, I want to know that's where I am because it, it just makes me feel like safer for some yeah. reason. So the idea that it's so massive and you can not even feel like you're on the water freaks me out. I'm a little nervous about that part. So I don't like open waters like Mm -hmm. i can do lakes or rivers but when it comes to the ocean and you can't see you don't know how deep it is and then you can't see land that really freaks me out Mm -hmm. like if i was i'm like gonna say ocean but oregon's water is really cold so you don't really go in but like somewhere where you can go hawaii let's just say i probably wouldn't go in any deeper than my ankles because it just scares me like I don't know what's in there. Yeah. You can't see it. Eat my yeah. toes. <laughs> I totally feel that. So I'm a little nervous about that. But we did get upgraded um, to a room with a window. It's like a little circle port window. Nice. Is it above the water? Yes. Okay, good. Well, I don't think they have windows below the water. Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's above the water. And um, so I was excited about that because before it would just be like a room like this with snow yeah. windows. And I'm like, I feel like that'd be kind of claustrophobic. Yeah, totally. I'm not really claustrophobic, but then I'm like, if you can't have a window, I don't know. So it's kind of like, even if it's small, at least it's something you can see out. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then, yeah, I've been also slacking this summer. I didn't buy any bathing suits and I didn't buy any shorts. (laughs) So now I am like mad rush to buy bathing suits and Which is probably hard because we're in November. None, no stores have those yeah right so you don't have to buy everything online which is hard so you have to buy like two sizes Ugh. because you don't know which size right. you are and then send one back so i've spent so much money on just shorts and bathing suits oh my gosh so dumb but anyway so i'm excited so when i get back i have lots to talk about yeah so when this podcast when this episode airs you it'll I'll be, be the, in mexico you'll be in mexico you'll be on your way on your cruise so that's super exciting so we'll definitely have to talk about it when yeah, you get back i don't know if i'll have service or internet service so i'll try to post some pictures while i'm there mm-hmm. so stay tuned um but i have no idea so that's fun and then we're super excited for christmas we haven't decorated yet but i know mallory every year oh is Christmas obsessed and might have something up all year? Um, yeah. So <laughs> we, the literally the week after Halloween, we took all Halloween decorations down and put up Christmas ones. Our front porch is still fall. Like we have pumpkins in my fall wreath that I made last year. That's still on our, our door. But you walk inside and it's like a winter wonderland. And what Kayla is referring to is the fact that I have kept my Christmas tree up all year round. I didn't think she was actually going to do it. I and she did yeah so obviously it's a fake tree um it's this like beautiful like seven foot tall white flocked tree that we um inherited from ryan's parents because they got a new one and i love it i am not ashamed that i've kept my tree up year round it has turned into a holiday tree so i decorate <laughs> it for every holiday like the it's kind of smart yeah and it goes very well with the color scheme of our living room because we have a lot of neutrals and a lot of grays and whites and so the white tree just fits in really well like if it was a green fake tree it would not look as good no. and it probably would not stay up year round but the fact that it's white it looks really really pretty um it i didn't in, in originally intend for it to stay up year round i always keep the tree up until my birthday which is january 7th and then it was still up and Valentine's Day was starting to come around and I was like, huh, well, maybe I'll just decorate it for Valentine's Day. And Ryan didn't really say anything about it. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to decorate for Valentine's Day. And then I had this idea like, oh, if I could keep the tree up until 4th of July, that's halfway through the year. I might as well keep it up all year. So that was like my goal. And I told it to Ryan and he was totally down for it. So I was like, oh, okay, perfect. We're just turning this tree into a holiday tree. So I decorated it for Easter, 4th of July. Like- it's so funny. Whenever I go over to Mallory's house, we'll get there at like the same time, you know, and she goes in, turns all the lights in, plugs in her tree. And yeah. I'm, it's like her routine. It totally is. And it's so cute. And it is, it's honestly so pretty. I wish I had the space for a holiday tree. Also, Hans would be like, absolutely not <laughs> i i think part of the reason i've been able to get away with it is because ryan is super into it too yeah and honestly so ryan gets up before me in the morning and he turns a tree on and that's the only thing lit in the living room Aww. so when i come out in it's the like morning, so pretty it is and like it could be you know like middle of august and i come out in the morning and it's probably already 70 degrees out but that tree is on and it just feels <laughs> magical 
It's a little way to keep the magic with me. So I'm curious about who other um, listeners has a holiday tree. Yes. If you're someone else that keeps their tree up year round, or you know, you even like to stretch it out a couple extra months, holla at me because I feel you. I'm like January 1st, it's down. Oh no. But I also have a very small house. And so like we have a tiny fake tree that goes like on a table because we have no space for it. Um, We'd literally have to take out like... A couch mm-hmm. um so when you put christmas decorations up after a while after like a month it gets like claustrophobic yeah because there's so much clutter and so much christmas stuff everywhere i'm like mm-hmm. ah, my, yeah. my shirt's do, getting tight yeah, and <laughs> you do have a small space so i could see that yeah so maybe when we have a bigger house like we'll um be able to have it up longer i don't think i'd get away with all year but i've Probably could be like with the November to like mid January. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds nice. That's fantastic. Awesome. Well, keep listening, guys, because we have a really, really good episode coming your way right after this. All right. So this is episode five. Number five. We're that's, on a roll. That's awesome. I know. It's that's so, so exciting. exciting. And we have a very exciting guest this time. Um, she is one of the employees at Honeycomb Salon. She is the known hustler at the salon. She's a hustler. Yeah, she girl works hard for the money. Hustle, hustle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she is spunky. She's got a little bit of sass, and we just love her. And it's Jessica. Hello. Yay. <laughs> Welcome. We're so this excited. is exciting. I'm excited. We're excited to have you. Yeah. I was like, I want to be on here. Yeah. I remember when you listened to our first episode and you were like, if you want to interview me, like, just ask. I want to be on it. (laughs) I will make it happen. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So we're just going to ask Jessica some questions, get to know her a little bit, um, know why and how she hustles so hard. Yeah. Um, And she never takes a day off. Never. She kills it at the salon. She works so hard. Um, She went through the associate program, so she's got a lot of experience with that. And we can ask questions on that for anybody else that's listening that is interested in it. And we're just going to dive right in. Yeah. So Jessica, um, what made you go to beauty school? Oh, that was something that I always knew I wanted to do. I come from a line of hairdressers. um, And so I actually started that process right when I turned 18 um, and was just like, I'm just going to do it. And then I got pregnant. And so then they were like, oh, they probably, they actually at beauty school told me like, it's probably not the best option to start and then have to take the break. Yeah. Um, So then we kind of, postponed I withdrew my application and was like okay well I'll just have to do this at a different time after I have a baby and then we moved to West Virginia where beauty school wasn't like anywhere I mean it was going to be like a three-hour drive to the closest beauty school so it postponed it for quite a few years but it was something that I knew from like age eight that that's what I wanted to do (laughs) sounds cute and that's when I started doing hair was then I would color my mom's hair um did a uh, at-home perm, oh, which was, turned out really, really bad. The only thing that took was my bangs. So everything else was super straight. And I had like poodle hair right here that I had to rock for a long time. Yeah, that was bad. Um, my mom can tell you all about the bad haircuts I gave her with those orange shears or scissors, like orange handled, like, yeah, yeah. like school, like, yeah, like the seven scissors. inch, like craft orange handled scissors oh, yeah gosh. that I she asked me for a trim with her long permed hair and I <laughs> oh, flipped God. her right at her ear oh. um we lived next door to a like rock band that like all these guys had like long hair and they would go super white or black hair and I would color box color oh, gosh. their hair black oh. and I would trim their hair and they were just like yeah how old were you at this point like eight. Oh, oh what? Yeah. You're doing all this when you were eight? Yep. Oh, God. They were just like, they were like, I mean, they're like, whatever you want to do it, do it, you know? And so. Like, she does her mom's hair. She can do her hair. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, let's get, let's get it. And so I did that for them for a long time. And then, um, like seventh grade started doing like mohawks and dyeing my brother's hair, like lime green and bleach blonde. And we had a lot of Liberty spikes back then <laughs> that took a lot, but it was something I always knew I wanted to do, and it just kind of 
other jobs and other things took me in different directions yeah, before so we got there. Yeah, so with all those other jobs, like, can you, I feel like you've always had some really fun jobs. <laughs> I feel like, because you're about to turn 30, mm-hmm. and you have done more and have had more jobs than anybody I know. Yeah. So <laughs> can you name She's some like, of yep, them? I'm like so curious. Yeah. So working in money has always been something that like I wanted and I started babysitting in the third grade and I had um, one of my mom's friends. My mom's always worked multiple jobs. I think that's kind of where like my work ethic came from. She worked like three jobs my whole life. Mom was never home. She was always working. Um, so she worked a nursing job at night and had a coworker who needed somebody to watch her kindergartner. And I was, I don't know, like third grade or fourth grade or something like that. And, um, she asked me like, Hey, like he goes to after school kindergarten. Can you pick him up? And I would get out of my class, go to the office, pick up this little kid. We'd walk home and I'd watch him till his mom got off at like midnight or one o'clock in the morning. And it started out with my first job. <laughs> And I was getting paid like, grade. yeah, two hundred dollars a month or something. Which, when you're a kid, like, that's a it's lot actually of money. a lot. I for... could not spend that money fast enough. Like, I was like buying stuff for my family. I wanted to take my mom to dinner all the time. Like, I just want everyone to realize she's still talking about that she was in third grade at this yeah, time. Yeah, yes, crazy. It, it started then, and then um, my dad, one of the many that I have. Um, owns a mechanic shop in Portland. So then I started doing like um, service writing stuff for him and ordering parts when I was in like eighth grade through my junior year. So I was at the shop all the time doing that. Um, Worked at Rainier Roaster in Washington Square in the food court when I was 16. From there, I went to West Virginia and I ran the fraud protection program for Western Union and so dealt with all their high clients people sending money internationally and making sure that people weren't doing fraudulent charges or sending money to people who were doing fraud which is a lot when you send international money you'd be surprised how Mm -hmm. many very educated people send money to um, more or less prostitutes in other countries like yeah (laughs) I was not expecting that yeah it was that was kind of a fun adventure. So I ran that, and there I worked um, 16-hour days, six days a week. Jeez. Um, and then we moved back to Oregon. Uh-huh. So keep in mind, by now I'm 19 oh or maybe 20. Sweet. I think I was 20 when we moved back. And then I got a job at Dollar Tree nice. in Albany. Class. So, yep, I... <laughs> Love it. I, I did that. went to that beauty school right next to that yep. Dollar Tree. <laughs> yep, we had a lot of the beauty school girls come over and get snacks all the time. Um, so I did Dollar Tree, and then right before I turned 21, I actually refused to take payment from a woman in Dollar Tree using a check that she wasn't quite on the account for, but it was a check for a local bar in town. And so this lady was like furious with me. She was like, what do you mean you won't take my check? And I was like, I need something that says you're associated with this account. You just can't have a check from a business and tell me that you're going to use it. So she wanted my manager. She was furious. And I was like, all right, well, I'll call him up. And um, while we're waiting for the managers of Dollar Tree to come up to either approve or decline the transaction, Uh I asked this woman, like, do you ever do any outside hiring? Like, if you work here, you're the manager. Like, do you ever do any outside hiring for this bar? And she was like... How old are you? (laughs) Well, I'll be 21 in like, it was going to be like a month or something. And she was like, get a hold of me when you're 21. After this lady had just screamed and yelled at me for the last five minutes. (laughs) What a a way to get a job. This lady knows her stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So I "Hmm, I like this girl. (laughs) Yeah. So I waited for a few weeks, you know, till I got closer to turning 21. And I called her and I said like, hey, like this is Jessica from Dollar Tree. (laughs) Do you remember you yelled at me? (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, you know. Did are you guys looking for a bartender? And she was like, "Can you come in for an interview?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's fine." And she's like, "Like now?" And I oh, was like, geez. "Oh, um, yeah." So <laughs> I got ready. I went there and um, interviewed for the job. She offered me the job, and I started attending bar on the day I turned twenty-one. I was behind the bar, which was really fun. It was for a private club in Albany, and then I did that for a few years. Um, and then started working for a extended warranty program in Albany as well. So I was kind of working both jobs back and forth. 
And then I started dating a guy who owned a landscaping company. And then he decided about two months in that he wanted to buy a log truck. So then I was like, well, how about I go in partners with you? And he did not want to take my money. Like he was like, <laughs> no, cause he like found a log truck, but didn't have all the money. And he was like, eh. and I was like, well, if I give you the rest of the money for the log truck, then we can go in it as partners. If it works out and we're together, great. Mm-hmm. If not, you can buy me out of the company. And he was like, no, no, no. And then he finally was like, I found a log truck that's like going to fly off the market. Like we have to buy it now. And so I invested. <laughs> like now I want your money. <laughs> yeah. So I, inv- I invested um, quite a bit of money into the log trucks. Um, so now we were running a landscaping company, a log truck company. And at this point I had quit bartending and was just working at a extended warranty company. And did that for a little while and then he decided that I should probably kind of cut back from the extended warranty program and kind of run log trucking and everything from home. Never had been a stay-at-home mom. I went back to work when the twins were three weeks old because I was tending bar and you don't mm-hmm. have any type of maternity leave or anything there. So I quit my job and ran two companies and we had five kids that lived at home full-time, six kids total. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it was definitely busy, but being a stay-at-home mom is not a quality that I have. Mm-hmm. So two months in, I told him I am going to go crazy if I do not get out of the house and actually have like a job that I'm doing, um, as well as the like, contributing to our income household. Like, yes, I was working. I was doing all of the accounting. I was doing everything that I could do from home. But because I wasn't bringing that paycheck, like I just felt mm-hmm. like... If I wanted to buy something, I couldn't. If I wanted to do anything with the kids, it was like, yes, we had this money, but I didn't feel that it was mine, even though I was contributing. So then I told him I wanted to do something else, and he asked me what I wanted to do. Um, I went and got coffee at the same coffee shop every single day in Sweet Home, and the lady who owned it was like, Mm -hmm. do you want to buy the coffee shop? And I was like maybe like (laughs) I don't know and keep in mind I don't I'm not a coffee drinker couldn't tell you the difference between a mocha or a latte or anything (laughs) I know how to make coffee in the Keurig that's about it and so I was like well let's go ahead and see where this is gonna take us Uh um and I was standing in the coffee shop talking to her about purchasing it what she wanted um and I looked out the little tiny coffee shop window (laughs) and watched them hang the sign for sale on the bar in Sweet Home so I'm staring at it. I get out of my meeting and I call my ex and I say, the bar's up for sale. And he's like, okay. And I said, that's what I want. You're like, I don't want this coffee shop. I want the yeah. bar. I said, I want the bar. And he's like, okay, knowing that I've managed bars, everything yeah. else. So he said, okay, let's figure it out. So we called the family who owns the bar. Um, the dad, It's like a dad and a bunch of sons. They own over 250 properties in Sweet Home. Wow. Um, so they just said, well, let's go out for breakfast and we'll talk. And so we all went out for breakfast, sat there, looked at some profit and loss statements, everything, and we shook hands and I bought a bar that day. That's oh, awesome. Wow. Yeah, so now we have a landscaping company, a trucking company, and a bar, oh, and five kids at home all the time. And how old are you at this time? 23 oh my gosh (laughs) yeah so we're sitting there and I'm like okay well um we bought the bar being turnkey operation meaning yeah as soon as I walk in the door it's ready for business everything so we bought we signed papers in August and I was going to take possession of the bar October 1st um but my ex is not the nicest person (laughs) and the day we signed papers and agreed to buy it the entire staff who was supposed to be there the initial month of like the transition of me getting all my OLCC licensing and everything, everybody walked except for one person. Oh, wow. That's so the sad. current owner of the bar called and said, like, it's supposed to be turnkey operation. We have nobody to run it. If you want it to be open for this next month, you're going to have to work it. I said, great. This is, <laughs> this is awesome. And so we started doing that, um, and I worked at the bar open to close um, from, I'd get there like 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning. And at this point, we still had an OLCC shut down by midnight. So I'd work from like 8.30 in the morning to midnight every day of the week. Wow. 
took me a month and a half, two months to find a bartender that I thought would be a good fit to kind of work with me. Um, and we just worked that bar every day, never took a day off as well as I was still doing all like the business side of our other two companies and being Um, a mom and being a mom. It was a lot with kids in every sports and everything Uh else. So we did that and had the bar and everything was great. Log trucks are breaking down and they're very expensive to fix. And so we did that. And then, um, yeah, I went through a separation and we kind of dissolved all of those and needed another job. So I started managing a strip club in Salem and Beaverton and was commuting. (laughs) (laughs) And was commuting a ton. Um, Loved the work. It was great. It was fun. Um, The nightlife got a little bit much with the kids. And I was living in Beaverton at the time and was driving to Salem for this club. And Mm -hmm. it... um, I would leave like four hours before my shift started to make it through traffic in Portland in 217 Jeez. and all this stuff to get to work on time. My ride home was like 45 minutes and just was like, okay, this is too much. I've got to do something else. Yeah. Ended up um, working at a bar in Lebanon, which was a little bit closer. Um, and I did that for a while and then needed more money because <laughs> – Bartending jobs don't pay the best. Tips are great when tips are great, but if not, then they're not. So then I got a job as a service writer at a mechanic shop in Lebanon. And I did that and was still tending bar at night. Um, So I was gone a lot, always working, and just finally said, like, you know what? Like, I'm tired of always trying to manage and run everything and do everything for the money aspect. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to do something that doesn't feel like work. I want to get up and go to work and be happy and do something that I love. And at that point, I really didn't care if it made sense financially. Mm-hmm. Um, I've owned a house since I was 21. My house is completely paid off. So I, at, that, at that point, it was like I didn't have a huge amount of bills I had to pay. Mm-hmm. So I was working at the mechanic shop, working, tending bar at night, and then decided, like, I'm going to go to school. So I went and talked to him, figured out, like, what it was going to be. But obviously, beauty school was 9 to 5, Monday through Friday which is the same time I did the mechanicing stuff. So I put in my notice there, um, did a, like my first week off of work, kind of, because I still attended bar at night, but wasn't working like one week before I started beauty school. Mm-hmm. And then all through beauty school, I worked, um, went to beauty school from nine to five and worked at the bar at night from eight o'clock at night to 3.30 in the morning. It's long days. Yep. And so I did that through beauty school. And then right as I started to get out of beauty school, I came to Honeycomb and was like, I want to be here. And that's where I'm at. Is it nice to not have to own or run anything and just be part of a team? Yes. When I um, interviewed with Alicia, that was one thing I said. I said, I'm tired of being the boss Mm -hmm. and having to bring all my work at home every single night. Like Mm -hmm. when you own a business, like you don't ever take a minute your brain is always there like it's always what do I need to do did this get done who do I need to delegate this to everything like I mean in my relationship that was like our pillow talk at night like it was work was our entire life we worked Christmas day we did everything you know there was like never a day off Mm -hmm. if we were in a drive it was did you get this done is this licensing done is you know so you're just like I'm like, I just want to be able to go to work, do my job, and go go home home and Mm -hmm. not worry about, is this done? Is everything clean? Is everything ready for the next day? Mm -hmm. So I love the fact that I can come and do my job and go home. And that's it. That's awesome. Yeah. So our next question for you, Jess, is um, because you're known at the salon for like hustling. You're the hustler. Yeah. How do you hustle so hard and why do you hustle so hard, especially with having your kids? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Obviously, my work ethic is something that I have a lot of pride in. So Mm -hmm. for me, it's it's what I've always done. I've always worked a lot of jobs. I've always worked long hours. I've always just worked. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know what I have, what to do if I'm not working. Uh Um, as you all know, I had a complete panic attack when I did have to take a sick day because I got sick. 
Um, and it's just like if I'm not at work, I always feel like I'm letting everybody else down, even though it, yes, it's an inconvenience. We do have to reschedule people, things like that. But it's not really putting a, a larger workload on any of my coworkers. Mm-hmm. But in my brain, I'm a big deal, I guess. I don't know <laughs> that I really feel like like the, the salon's not going to function if I'm not there. And so it's a lot of like just anxiety. So I enjoy being at work. And as you know, like being a stay-at-home mom isn't really my thing. I love my kids to death and mm-hmm. the time that we have together. But I enjoy my break away from them when they're at school or when I get to go to work. Um, and I kind of, I guess, look at it as like I'd rather have quality time, even if it's yeah. a little bit, than a lot of time where they're just driving me crazy. They... <laughs> They know that I work a lot. It's not, they're never upset. I mm-hmm. try to make sure that I'm there for every big thing that they have. Um, like the first day off that I took was the first day of school because it was really important for the twins that I drop them off at first grade because mm-hmm. um, they do have a little bit of like, ooh, like we don't want to be separated and yeah. everything else. But I just always like work, work, work. And so, and when I'm at work, it's this needs to be done. Let's just do it. And yeah. I think part of that probably comes from owning a business. Like, when it all falls on your shoulders, you can't delegate that to anybody else. And so that is like, I feel like a good trait that I've brought in that it's Mm -hmm. like, even if it's not necessarily my responsibility or my client, it's like, okay, well this needs to get done. Mm -hmm. What can I do to help to get it done? And that's just kind of from owning, I think businesses and knowing that like, I'm going to make or break it. Um, so you were in the associates program Mm -hmm. and how long have you been in with Honeycomb now? I started Honeycomb, I believe, two years ago, about in January, okay. um, so because you... I did start working front desk like while I was still in That's beauty right. school. Yeah. Um, and then as far as the associate program, I want to say I started like April time as far as assisting Alicia, mm-hmm. and then got through the program um, in the middle of February, so almost a year later, like you know, ten months, eleven months. Um, and then kind of stayed on until she came back from maternity leave and um, helped get Ruth, I believe, was her next associate. Helped get Ruth kind of set up. And yeah. so it was completely done out of the program in March. So what was your experience like with the associate program? Because you got out of it so fast. I think you were one of the fastest um, associates that graduated that program and became a full stylist um, in the fastest amount of time, which makes sense because... You're a hustler. You're a hustler. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what was your take on it? Did you like it? If somebody else was thinking about doing this kind of program, what would you tell them? I loved the program. I did not think starting beauty school and coming from like my business backside, I do have a, a degree in business that I got when I was 19. Um I was like, as soon as I'm done with beauty school, I'm going to own my own salon. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like when I started beauty school, as I started to get out of beauty school, um, shadowing jobs, I came in, I actually shadowed Mallory at mm-hmm. one point and like watching her balayage techniques and things like that, which isn't something that you technically learn in beauty school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so honestly, it was like watching Mallory that I was like, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing. And like, just like things even like as simple as toning a client to get Mm -hmm. them the blonde that they want to be or anything that I just was like I have no idea (laughs) what I'm doing and you know and I'd watch Mallory I watched Mallory a couple different times and it was like okay these two were the same like placement kind of how she did it and then she did this other one that I was like why did you totally switch (laughs) up like where you place the foil how high you went up where the peaks were like why and she was like oh well like because we're going over this or it was like well we needed to apply this a little bit quicker and she has a lot more hair so I went at a different technique to still give her all the blonde coverage but this or that or this one's curly hair she was straight hair so placement and I was just like I literally was like I have no idea what I'm doing what the fuck am I gonna do I I graduate in just a little bit and I have no idea what any of this I mean even like lightener it was like you know I was like, why are there so many options? Like, why are you picking this one versus that one? Like, and I I have to know the why behind everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And so luckily with Honeycomb, they can provide you that information. Like, well, this is why I use this lightener versus this lightener. Um, Whether it be hair, the lift that you want, the look you're going for, anything. But I was just like, 
what the shit is all of like I have no idea <laughs> and so I went and shadowed a couple different businesses um the beauty school was really like are you planning on opening yours I had people coming in to trying to sell me full lines of product and everything because they thought I was going to go independent and then I was like I don't want to do it I can't like you know I, I was scared back. yeah I take it back like I don't want to do that um so then Alicia kind of talked to me about the associate program and I was like okay and so I came in shouted Alicia a couple of times and just said like this is the route that I need to go right now because I don't know what I don't know and this was going to give me the education and I would have my point of contact to say like why did you do it this way why did you do this and so it was just a bunch of more knowledge and information and at the same point for me it was like at least I'm still bringing in an income Mm -hmm. which I think is really great because if you go independent if you go commission right off the bat 50% or 40% of nothing is still nothing (laughs) and so this way it was like you know I'm able to continue the education I'm able to ask why I'm able to get familiar with a different product line than what we used in school and I just thought like for the like the diversity of everything it was going to be the best option for me and it was probably one of the best decisions I've made in my life the associate program gave me the confidence and the knowledge in a team that was able to say like this is what I have going on what am I gonna do like Mallory like I have this like what and you know she can give me her point Mm -hmm. and then Kayla can also pipe in and say like well I would do it this way as well and then you kind of have whether it be your thought process or their thought process but you can say like okay that makes sense to me I'm gonna go with this one Mm -hmm. um and just the support behind it because out of beauty school like you know the basics but you don't know what you don't know and somebody sits in your chair and they're like this is what I want and if you don't have that team to lean on you're just like yeah (laughs) (laughs) well here we go yeah we'll, we'll we'll go and see what happens but it just gave me the confidence as well as the income and the education behind it that I think um it should be something that everybody has to do straight out of beauty school because they can only teach you so much in the 10 months Mm -hmm. or year and a half, depending on what program you're going through before Mm -hmm. you're set out on your own. And you can, you know, somebody gets a bad hairstyle, bad color, bad this, you know, one, their lost client forever. And two, like they're shunned from our industry completely over the fact that you just didn't know. It's not that you're being negligent or anything. It was like, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love mm-hmm. the you don't know what you don't know. Like, put that on a shirt. Like, quote it everywhere. We're all about, like, we, I feel like everybody we interview just has the best, like, inspirational, like, the best yeah. quotes to, like, re, like, to go over. So, like, you don't know what you don't know. And I, coming from, like, when I got out of beauty school, I was an employee. I wasn't independent, but I shadowed maybe for like two days at where I was working and then they just like put me out into the water like here you go like here's your paddle like go for it you're on your own kind of thing like yeah I was still in a team but it was still a lot of fighting for myself and you're like I'm just going in circles what am I doing totally and I had to learn so much kind of by myself and that was really hard and I had a like I had a handful of people that I could fall back on and ask questions but everyone was so busy with their own clients and everything and it was I totally felt more on my own and there weren't any places nearby in the town I was in that had an associate program, but I if I totally wish that there was something like that when I got out of beauty school. Yeah. I think that, you know, our rate as far as people who stay in the industry and stay successful is so low when you look at I mean, how many girls did you go to beauty school with that aren't even doing Oh it's so crazy. It's so or few. Aesthetics. It's so true. I think I tell it to a lot of um a lot of people. I'm like, I probably I mean, I went to a smaller beauty school, so maybe, there might have been maybe like 20, 25 total in the school, um, and probably like five of them still do hair. And that's, I think that you get put out into the world with only basic knowledge of mm-hmm. color theory and everything else that you have that one client. And people can think that we just do hair and like we don't care, and it's like, yeah, whatever, mm-hmm. we're going to do this. But like you have that client that gets upset, and it eats at you for oh, yeah. days. You have a client that you you know you're just thrown out and like you said like they were like okay two days of shattering now go do your own thing it's very discouraging to know like 
oh my, like I just did this and it didn't, whether it not be ugly, but maybe it's not the way that you expected Mm -hmm. it to turn out. Just there's so much to go into it. And I think that people get pushed away from the industry because Mm -hmm. of that. They're just like, I suck at what I do. And then they just give up. And it's because you can only be taught so much in beauty school. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it is trial and error. And if you don't have somebody to look at and say like, this is what I did. This is, it didn't work out. This is what happened. And them with their experience to be like, oh, this is what happened because of X, Y, and Z. People just give up. Mm-hmm. And it's because they don't have that support system that Honeycomb offers. Whether it be from your person that you are assisting or it just be from the team that we mm-hmm. have. They always are there to help you formulate or say like, hey, like this is going to be a better way to do it. A quicker way, a more efficient way. A complete crazy way. Let's just do it. You <laughs> yeah. know, something new and exciting. Cause we're always looking for that. But I think that's why so many people quit out of beauty school. Cause there's even people who were top producers while I was in school mm-hmm. have gone into the medical field and everything else mm-hmm. because they either had a bad experience at a salon mm-hmm. or they felt that they couldn't do it. They weren't good enough to do it. But it's like, if you just have that support team, you can do anything. I think I'm a prime example of that. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Definitely. Can, it's so true. Yeah. That's awesome. So kind of going along with that same topic, um, who would you say that your tribe is then? Like, would you say Honeycomb's your tribe? And if it is, or if that's not your tribe, like who is or what is and why is it so important to you? Um, definitely, I would say that Honeycomb is my tribe. I always say your vibe attracts your tribe. We do too. Yay. Yes, I love it. Um, Honeycomb is definitely my support system. Um, they're definitely like my family. They not only support me in my career choices, um, the entire team has supported me through my crazy relationships and you know Patrick and Alicia have had my back through everything whether it be I'm just having a mental breakdown because my boyfriend's a jerk or my kids are driving me crazy Mm -hmm. like everybody's always just like so family and tight-knit that they're like the family that I didn't have you guys Mm -hmm. are all like the sisters that I always wanted kind of thing I know (laughs) it's like it's so I think we're so family based that everything just runs smooth like they are my family they're my tribe like honeycomb for me is like my life that's I feel like this is where I was supposed to be and all my crazy adventures that took me (laughs) everywhere else um that like I had to go through them to be where I am right now Mm -hmm. and like I'm just so happy that Alicia came into the beauty school to do like a little slideshow during career day and was just like hey like this is where this is what we offer. This is what it is. And I was like, honestly, I just loved her outfit. And I was like, I feel like I want to go there. And um, I did. And everybody was so welcoming and so friendly. And I was just like, this is where I want to be. And like I said, they're, it's more than just like my tribe and my coworkers and this. Mm-hmm. It's like, I know if I'm having a bad day, like I text Kayla and I'm like, Kayla, oh my God, my life is falling apart. This is what's happening in like my personal life, which I don't have as well put together as my professional life. But, um, you know, and I know that she'll just like shoot me that text message that's just like, girl, you got it. Or even Mm -hmm. if it's just like, you know, I understand and we're going to get through it together. Like maybe she doesn't have an answer. But, like, I still have that support system through yeah. everything. So it's more than just, like, my coworkers or my peers. Like, mm-hmm. Honeycomb is my family, and I love them. Oh. I know. We love you. We love you so much. So our next question for you is a little bit, I guess, kind of more of a serious question. Um, what would you say has been your favorite failure? Oof. That's a hard one. Um, failure is something I have a really hard time with accepting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think failure to me is more like when you quit and you give up and I'm not a giver upper. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like I will go at it a hundred different ways. Um, my greatest failure as bad as this sounds, I would have to say was my relationship with my ex and, you know, our engagement. And I decided it wasn't a good and healthy place for the kids and I to be Mm -hmm. um but that like sent our entire life through a spiral um I had moved back home for the first time ever I moved out when I was 
I moved out of my mom's house when I was in the eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved into a hotel for like nine months <laughs> and then got my first apartment when I was like 16 or 17. And so having to move back home and like that was very humbling, like, okay, dad, I got to I gotta come home. Um, but it just wasn't a good place. But for me, that was probably my greatest failure was making that decision to leave the financial security and the house that we own and the businesses we built and the family structure we had for the sole purpose of, yes, our life looked great to the public eye, but behind closed doors, it really wasn't healthy for me or any of our children involved. Um, so I decided to leave and I, I failed in that relationship and I failed in my marriage but I was able to overcome all of that and say like, hey, I'm going to build myself back up, which was a long, hard journey. Um, I got hospitalized um, because I wasn't taking care of myself. I was working all the time. Um, you know, I'd go to work at, I'd leave my house at six in the morning and I'd work the shop from seven o'clock in the morning to five o'clock at night I would get off work at five I would go home be home by 5 30 I would feed my kids bathe my kids and I'd be back at work by eight o'clock at night and I'd work till 3 30 in the morning sleep for just two and a half three hours and then I'd get up and do it all over again um the way my days off fell it was a 72 day 72 day rotation of working at least one job every single day if not mm-hmm. both before I would get a day off and um my body started to shut down, my organs were failing, and I got hospitalized and um, got down to a really, really unhealthy weight. And so it was just like, I had like double ear infection, upper respiratory infection. Um, I had walking pneumonia, um, ruptured eardrums. Like, I mean, literally like when your body wants you to take a break, you need to. And it was just the emotional stress of everything mm-hmm. that like I, I felt like I failed at life. Like, Jessica, you're never going to overcome this. And then finally like my kids were like mom like you are like crying all the time like what is wrong and I never let them see like the bad of everything Mm -hmm. and so I just said like I don't want them to know me as like this person and so that's when I was like okay get a job get a second job save up that money so that it's not a complete financial strain to go to beauty school but if I hadn't failed in that aspect of my life I wouldn't have been where I am today where now it's, you know, I do get to be home for Mm -hmm. dinner and I do get to have the flexibility to take that time off of work to be there for any big event for my kids and things like that. And so it's, unfortunately, I didn't overcome it. I wasn't able to save it. I'm not married and everything else. But for me, that was like my greatest failure and something that I'm willing to say like, okay, this was the path that I needed to take to Mm -hmm. be where I am today. And that is probably the biggest stride of um, hustling and everything else is because losing everything and having somebody literally take every single thing away from you. I mean, my bank accounts were frozen. He took my car when I was at a doctor appointment, like all of this stuff that I was like, I am never going to rely on anybody else for my happiness, mm-hmm. my financial stability like my kids making sure that they have that home and everything else that I was like no like this is where you need to like pull in the reins and do it for you and within two years I'm completely financially secure my debt is almost 100% paid off um I don't have to worry about like is this person going to be able to provide this for me? It's like, if I want it, I buy it. If my kids need it, I get it. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, this is our home that no one's going to come in and disrupt or anything else. But that was probably my biggest failure was that. And I'm happy that it failed. And that was a hard realization for me to be like, I'm happy that my marriage failed, you know? But, no, that's so good. You know, who knows what would have life I would have been in mm-hmm. at this point if I hadn't made the decision to say it's okay to walk away from this and it's okay to fail with this, which is a huge anxiety point for me just mm-hmm. because I don't like to be the quitter and I don't like to run from something. I'm always the fixer. I want to fix mm-hmm. everything. But unfortunately, some things can't be fixed if they're just not supposed to. So Yeah, exactly. That was my big hoorah for myself. Yeah. That's good. Um, So this is just kind of a fun question to get us off some serious topics. But (laughs) is there a favorite book or podcast that you've been listening to that has either like 
that you just loved, you. inspired you, or something? Um, yes. So podcasting is not something that I do. Um, <laughs> You're doing it right now. Good job. I know. This is like a whole <laughs> new world for me. Um, your guys' podcast is the only podcast I've ever listened to. <laughs> yeah, other than Kayla did get us started on the cereal. Yeah. Um, when we're driving up to Portland for training and stuff. So we do listen to that on the way. But other than that, like, this is the only podcast I've ever listened to on my phone. Aww. Um, And I love it. It's great. And I love <laughs> that, like, I know you guys. I'm like, look at my little famous girls. Like, I love them. <laughs> um, Book-wise, as everybody knows, I'm not a huge reader. Um, It takes a lot for me to sit down and do something like read a book because – I guess you gain from reading, but for me, I'm like, I feel like there should be other things I'm doing, but going through, um, everything in my personal life, um, you know, Alicia and everybody has been really supportive of like, Hey girl, read this book. So, um, <laughs> I think Mallory started the girl, wash, <laughs> the girl your, face. wash your face by Rachel Hollis. I love so, good. so good. Um, read that book and actually like could not put that book down. Um, yes. Literally, I think I read it in four days, which is yes. probably like the fastest I've ever read anything. Yeah, me too. I don't think I could have told you the last book I read other than like Cat Matt to my kids or something. <laughs> um, so, Girl, Wash Your Face was really great. There was also another one um, about like domestic abuse and like poor relationships that um, our other coworker Jasmine had bought and like like sent to my house. Um, which was really great. It's like, I love getting stuff in the mail. If anybody ever wants to send me a letter, like even if it just says hi, I absolutely love it. Um, But yeah, just like books like that, that like my team knows like, hey, like she's really struggling with this aspect. Like this is what you're going to do. So books are not something that I typically buy myself, um, nor do I try to make time to read. But I feel like if it's gifted, then I'm kind of obligated is the rationalization in my head that like, okay, you can take the time to read this. Um, and both of those books were really great. And then um, Alicia was sending me books like every single day I got a new book in the <laughs> You're mail. You're like, this so is too much. I do still have like two more books that I do have to read, but they're like 100 Days to Being Brave and just a lot of self-help books that I really like. I like to get things from what I'm reading mm-hmm. and not just read um, a story. A story. Yeah, like yeah. I want it to be, whether it be like real life or something that I can relate to. Yeah. Um, I do read Harry Potter and I think of Mallory every time I read it just because Aww. I know. I, like the, I read it to the kids before they go to bed. Um, oh, you're like, this is Mallory's favorite book. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, every time we do it and then like we watched it, they just had like, you know, Harry Potter, like every, we literally yeah. watched every episode or movie, I don't know, series, yeah. whatever, of Harry Potter. But um, yeah. Um, so what would you say is your favorite part about Honeycomb? Oh, girl. Um, my favorite part about Honeycomb, I would have to say my teammates and everything that they support, like, everybody with, not just myself. Like, I think we are a very supportive team. Um, we can all hang out together and have a great time. We take tons of trips together and mm-hmm. all this stuff, and there's no cattiness. There's no just, like, bickering and everything. Like, everybody no matter how different we are, mm-hmm. like, I'm definitely, like, the, <laughs> the more crazy one, I think, out of everybody. Um, a little bit more intense, I would say. Um, you know, and then there's Kayla, who's just, like, so, like, that good-hearted person. Oh. Um, what is it you want people to say nice things about you when you die? <laughs> I don't know. That's like, like something I... That's, like, a goal. Yeah, I heard this a long time ago, and I was, like... Oh my god, that's that's what I want. I hope that people say nice things when I die, and so that's kind of my motto every day. I love that. Yeah, like you know, live <laughs> your best life. But everybody is so different, yet we all can come together and we all learn from everybody. And that is like my favorite part of Honeycomb is that when I come to work, it doesn't feel like work. Mm-hmm. And I know no matter what mental state I'm in, whether it be you know on my work side, my personal life just some guy flipped me off on the way to work you know I'm gonna walk in and everyone's just gonna be like hey like how's it going (laughs) like you know what happened last night like you know like they just everybody cares so much about Mm -hmm. everybody that like I said it's it's a family it's not work it's not and it's the family you want it's not like you know 
my family that I'm like, oh, shit, I got to go see these people. You know, like, (laughs) it's the family that I'm like, I generally love these people Mm -hmm. and want to spend as much possible time as I can with them, Um, which is why, like, I look forward to our (laughs) trips away. Like, one, it's the only vacation I take because obviously I don't take any time off (laughs) of work. work vacations. Yes, but I'm like, you know what? I get to go and not have to deal with the kids. Like, the kids are going to be with their dad for this little bit, um, so they're getting that quality time. I get to go have, like, adult time yep. with, you know, like, not a worry in the world and know that, like, it's going to be a good time. Like, we all, no matter how different everybody is, everybody can contribute in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all like the same kind of things, yeah. you know, so we get to go to nice restaurants and do all this stuff. And I'm just be like, bougie. Yeah, yeah, be bougie as fuck. That's, <laughs> you know, Alicia's a little bit more bougie yeah. than all yeah. of us. I'm like... <laughs> Girl, we're will, all trying to get to her bougie yeah. level. Yeah, I will say like that. What we like seventy dollars worth of pizza and apples and brie. Kayla and I spent when we shared at the Alibi, oh, yeah. and I was like, "This shit is crazy." <laughs> but it was, um, it's new experiences. It's yeah. people to kind of go through this, and you know what's nice is that we all are kind of on the same level as you know whether it be mm-hmm. um, financially, we're all kind of on the same journeys mm-hmm. as far as like where we want to be in life. Yeah, where we, where we want to be, where we're going. We've all come from complete opposite mm-hmm. craziness. You know, everyone has their own story, but everybody gets to just kind of come to work and be happy and feel loved. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super important. Um, and I will say that owning, owning previous companies and stuff, um, this culture means so much more to me because that is definitely not the culture that we had before with my companies. Um, Patrick and Alicia have done a really great job of making sure that everything runs smooth, everything's kosher, that everybody is a good fit, um, because not everybody's a good fit for everything. Mm -hmm. And that is something that we didn't have. Um, I will tell you that I'm a very, very (laughs) hard person to work for. I hope I'm a a better person to work with. You're a great person to work with. Um, But working for me, I only see things in black and white. That's always been my life. Everything, like, this is what it is. If I don't understand it, then it's not something that I get. It's everything is black and white for me. Um, And so I appreciate this culture, which I probably wouldn't have appreciated before if, um, I hadn't come into it the way that I did, but, you know, being able to be like, wow, these people are nice. They're understanding everything mm-hmm. else where I wasn't as a boss. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, probably another failure that I've had. <laughs> um, like I didn't care if you were running behind, I didn't care if it was your birthday and you were late. Like I was pretty cutthroat about it. Like this, this is my business. This is that. And I'll fire you on your birthday, even though you are my best friend, because you're late to your shift. And it's just like, (laughs) Kayla's eyes just got really big. Um, (laughs) You know, I was just very cutthroat about it, because everything to me is black and white, where Patrick Mm -hmm. and Alicia can see the black and white, but they can also see all the shades of gray in between and say, like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is where everything needs to be. And it's just the culture alone is something that I absolutely love and respect and guard with my life like if it's not if something's not going smooth I don't mind going up and saying like hey like this needs to kind of be handled or hey this is something that I'm personally having a problem with or you know and that they care enough to sit down and say like okay like what can we do to make it better um because I was not that person so the culture alone is something that I I could never see myself anywhere else other than honeycomb yeah and for me, thank God that I'm the, you know, was able to um, do that straight out of beauty school. I didn't have to find other salons. I know a lot of people have moved a couple mm-hmm. salons. Um, and then there's people who have been, it's like, that girl can't stay put. It seems like she's bouncing all over the place. And I feel like that's because they haven't found that culture mm-hmm. and that environment that strives to make them be the best that they can be. And Honeycomb's offered that to... I know for sure me, but yeah. I think to everybody on our team. I think so too. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It. So we know that a special birthday is coming up for you. Yes. My dirty 30. Yes. Dirty 30. 30, flirty, and thriving. Oh, are you busting? What is that? Uh, sex Thir- in the city? No, 13 going on 30. 
Oh, that is 13 going on 30. I just watched Sex in the City and I yes. loved it. But anyways. So what are your plans? What are you doing? Um, this year is going to be super, super, uber amazing. <laughs> um, so my dirty 30, I'm not one to be like concerned about the fact that I'm getting old. I'm getting old. I'm getting wise. I'm, I'm like wine. I get better with age. Yeah. <laughs> so um, my dirty 30 is going to be super fucking dope. So I get a boob job in December. Um, which is, you know, I'm doing it solely for myself, not for any other reason. Um, but I'm going to do my boob job in December and then we all actually fly out right after Mal's birthday, literally like right after my birthday to Las Vegas, which if anybody knows me, Vegas is my home away from home. It's the only place I like to travel. I love Las Vegas. (laughs) Um, so I'm so excited to be there and, um, you know, we get to go out and do, Three days, four days of education. I don't even know how I mean, long we're going to be there. It's technically two days of oh, classes. Days. Yeah. Um, the day that you register, they have like a super awesome event in the evening. So okay. it's like three days of stuff. We'll be there for four days, four or five days. Yeah. So um, the fact that I turn 30 on January 17th, we fly out, I think, the 19th. It's the 19th. 19th or 20th. It's a Sunday to yeah. the 20th. Okay. So we fly out like right after yeah. my birthday. Um, Mallory turns 25, I will be 30, and we're just going to live it up in Vegas. I am so excited to be with, like, all of my best gals, you know, and, like, we're just going to be there. So expect to rock and roll. I know Symposium a couple years ago wasn't as great because I wasn't there. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, we are definitely leaving the hotel. We are definitely going out and doing shit. You say this now, but it's, like, so rough. Because you have to be up for class the next morning. So the plan is the last, so we, the last day of classes, we get done at like four. Okay. Um, And then we don't fly out until the next day. So So we're going to go. We're going out the last night. Last year, we didn't leave the hotel at all. At all. At all. No. And that's why I said like, you guys, I will not sleep the entire time we're there. Like, I, we will go hard. Like, I mean, I'm hoping that I'm, like, recovered enough from my boob job that, like, this is, you know, fine. fine. Yeah. But I'm, like, we are going to party. (laughs) We will do business all day, and we're going to party all night. Well, it's fine. I'm not going to classes. um, So you get to party all the time. (laughs) I know. I'm, like, what am I going to do during the day? I'm excited because I, because it's two monumental birthdays and like quarter of a century old and then dirty 30 so we have to like i want to make sure we i thought fun. the other day that we should get shirts made <gasps> that have like mine and mallory's face on oh like our party cool. okay <laughs> legit we could take a photo of us together and then like yeah put that on the shirt put that on the shirt like dirty 30 and you know 25 like yeah, yeah. I mean, i'm down you guys are awesome. <laughs> At least you and me can wear them. Yeah, like, I'd that's wear it. Fine. We yeah. should just get our own shirts. Yeah. Like, hey, it's my birthday. So I'm super, super excited for my Dirty 30 because I get to be with all my favorite people. Um, I get to do something that I love, which is hair and, you know, building my career and everything else. And I get to be in Las Vegas. That is my home away from home. I couldn't get any better. I love drinking and gambling and everything <laughs> that Vegas has to offer. I love it. That's fun. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Jess. Yeah. Thanks for being our guest. Yeah. Thanks for being on our podcast. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to hear it. Yeah. It's going to be a really good episode. You really dove deep into a lot of stuff. I feel like a lot of people are going to be able to relate to this episode. Yeah. And I hope so. And I hope that people can look at it and say like, okay, like maybe Honeycomb is a good fit. Or even if it's a different associate program Mm -hmm. anywhere else, I think that people kind of shun away from it a little bit. And I think that it's the best opportunity that you could give yourself um, coming from me who's done it or Mallory mm-hmm. who's like I wish that would have been an option for mm-hmm. me I think that it's going to be a great at least like eye opener like hey this yeah. is something that you can do and that you can be successful in it and out of it um, yeah. yeah also um, the associate program is the summit program that we've talked about in the last episode um, they have these all over um, yeah. the US probably all over the world um, so if you're not listening in Oregon um, and those things for someone else, and this seems like something that interests you, um, just... You could probably just search um, Summit Salons in your area, and yeah. wherever there is a Summit Salon, they should have an associate program. Yep. 
So if that sounds like, I mean, we really like it. Um, I wasn't with Honeycomb when I did mine and I still, I mean, I'm still in the associate, I'm still in the program. So um, in the Summit Salon. So I liked (laughs) it too. I know. I'm like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) But um, No, and I think that like just reaching out, I've always been a pretty much open door for like anybody who's even come into the salon. I love when the girls from beauty school come to shadow. I love when the girls who have been in the industry for you know, 10 years. Um, we had somebody in the program that was in there for, she was 14 years. I think she did hair or something like that. And you can always learn from somebody else, like Mm -hmm. whether it be a newbie or somebody who has a ton of experience. And I think that's great. And I always just want to be that open door of communication. I tell all the girls, like, this is my phone number. This is my Instagram. This is my Facebook, like whatever platform you want to reach me on, reach out to me. I will tell you the pros and the cons. I will tell Mm -hmm. you, the good and the bad and the ugly and the nitty gritty and the hard work that it's going to take. But I can also tell you and vouch for the fact of like, this is the success that you have to look forward to. And it's an amazing program and it's great. And I'm hoping that we've get some good girls on our team or guys, whatever way that goes, but um, just kind of open that door of, Hey, this is an option for you. And Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. I'm honeycomb is my life. This podcast is gonna be great. I'm so excited. <laughs> honeycomb for um, life. Yeah, just all the opportunities that you don't know that you're mm-hmm. not that are open to you. Like you said, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. I love it. Cool. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast, you guys. We really hope that you got something out of it. Even if you didn't, thanks for listening. Anyways, we still love you. If you really loved it, screenshot this episode and share it to your Insta story, Facebook story, whatever story, and use the hashtag What's the Buzz Podcast. We will be releasing an episode every other week. So make sure to subscribe and stay tuned. Bye. Bye.